This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. And welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, where we hope to provide a place for you of connection, of rest, and encouragement on the journey, uh, living out our passion and purpose in Jesus Christ. So grab your coffee and get comfortable with us. My name is Sister Miriam James, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely dear friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. Michelle, how are you today in this great day? Oh, I am really good. So good. You know, how are you guys? Our gals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Heather. <clears throat> um, I'm feeling a little under the weather, but other than that, I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm doing really well. It's a new day here. And we went, we're actually in part two of our series on the feminine genius. And so we were talking last time about the area of feminine genius, the receptivity of the feminine genius of who we are. And so we, we talked a little bit about actually before we started recording about just um, the characteristics of women, but also the dangers of stereotypes, I think, as well. So, Michelle, can you share with a bit about you had some really great comments that I wish we were recording when we were talking about that. But I love what you were speaking about St. Tres Little Flower and really how the flowers grow. Yeah, as we're talking about, you know, um, feminine genius and what it is and um, like even to give a reference like genius, like the definition of genius means like exceptional intellectual or creative power or other natural ability, a person who influences another for good, you know, and each of us like we think genius is just for the few where um, genius in the terms of feminine genius for women is for the all, but we bring a unique, um, each of us brings a unique gift and it's not a one size fits all. And I think when you think of Catholic womanhood, um, we often think that it looks a certain way, that it fits into a box, that it has to be this one size fits all, which is not. And one, you know, what I always love about St. Therese of Lisieux is she talks about, you know, comparing the rose to the lily. And if one looked like the other, then springtime would lose its fullness of beauty. And um, she talks about, let's be like the wildflowers. The wildflowers, you know, all look different from each other and they all grow in different directions. And they, you know, um, some spill over, some don't, that they're all different and that we each need our unique geniuses as women and not to conform to what we think, you know, a good quote unquote uh, Christian woman, Catholic woman looks like or, or what any woman looks like, you know. Um, and I think for us as women, that has to really be modeled that we champion differences instead of conforming to um, a status quo or conforming to a s- supposed definition of what a good Catholic woman looks like. So, Yeah. You know, what are your thoughts, sister? I agree with you. I, I was sharing that I've been listening to some really wonderful uh, Catholic speakers lately, Dr. Pia de Seleni and Dr. Helen Alvare and Dr. Mary Healy, and they were all talking about that very thing. And it just really made me think. And I think that the pressure to conform, especially by our Instagram filtered, you know, Photoshop society is so great. And we often, just because of our broken human nature, we view any difference, whether that's between men and women, or even among women of, of how we're different from one another as in areas of competition or areas of judgment or criticism. But to really 
I love the phrase you've always used, Michelle, is champion, to really champion the difference. And people have commented listening to our podcast how different the three of us are. But I think that I love how different we are because we see things differently and our lives are different. And, and there's a beauty in that harmony of giving the gift of ourselves. So I totally agree. I think to really come into our full nature of who God is calling you know, me to be as a woman and, and as we as women do that, then I'm more free to bless you versus trying to compete with you or diminish you. I can see your beauty and I want to champion that. I want it to grow. Like I want you to grow. I want you to thrive. And that's when femininity is in its fullness is when we're giving ourselves for the gift of life of others. But uh, Heather, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I was just remembering this young woman who had come to a, a little book study thing that I was doing, and and she said, you know, I don't I don't really fit in the boxes like of being like a good Catholic or whatever. Like, I just I just don't know if there's a place for me here. Mm. And you know, her comment in one way it broke my heart a little bit because I was like, oh, just that you feel that that you feel that there is a place for you here. But of course I said, there is a place for you here. Like you are welcome here. You belong here, you know, and that really is the heart of the church that diversity belongs here, like and mm-hmm. within the church and outside the church, you know, like diversity is celebrated and not conforming to, to just one way as if one way is holier. And you mentioned judgment. And I think that that's one thing that I think we all could grow in, you know, is just letting go of our judgments of people. We never oh, know the yeah. heart of people. You know, we never know what is going on in someone's heart and how they are living the gospel in little ways or big ways. You know, and that doesn't matter if you're wearing, if you have tattoos and, or you're wearing Daisy Dukes or you got a, you got a <laughs> jean jumper dress on. You know, you just can, you never know. <laughs> that is, I can't believe I just said that, Daisy Dukes. I don't even know where that came you from. You did. I think it's only your first cup of coffee, but no, that's, and that is true. And don't we do that? And I've been so convicted of that, this Lent of the areas of judgment and our call to receive the person. And of course, we're going to talk about, you know, not receiving, of course, everything they do or all their area issues, but the, the, the gift of the person. And if we could just see how God sees it, I mean, he loves us. He is so in love with every single one of us and his heart is for us. And his heart is, you know, that he heals us and brings us closer to himself. So I agree, but I'm not wearing Daisy Dukes, though. <laughs> I don't think anybody is. Praise so Jesus. <laughs> okay, so last week we talked about receptivity as one of the characteristics of uh, the feminine genius. And this week we are going to talk about sensitivity as the aspect, second aspect of the feminine genius. So the sensitivity that is so integral to the feminine personality is an ability to see Okay, to see and understand the deeper needs and longings of the human heart and to respond in love. And I believe that St. John Paul II would concisely say that is the attentiveness to the person. So as a woman, we often can intuit and intellectually form the reality, the idea that other people need help, uh, that we can see their needs. We see them as a whole person. Women really are far more likely to receive the person to, re- you know, they receive the children they receive, but to receive the other. And you see that even in our blessed mother, the wedding feast in Cain. You know, she, everybody's having a party. And I love that her simple, her simple statement is they have no wine. <laughs> and she probably said that before even the bride and the groom had any idea that they're about to run out of wine. Here's a woman who's seeing the needs of the other and she's sensitive to that. And so she, she brings that to the intention of the Lord who can do something about that. So Michelle, when we delve into the area of sensitivity, what are some of your kind of initial thoughts about that reality? I love that sensitivity is um, a part of intuition. Like they say, you know, in the documents, they say like a woman's intuition. We hear that a lot. And intuition basically means when you break down the word, like um, in tune with the spirit. 
you know, that which you receive, you're in tune with the spirit and it builds upon what we talked about last week with receptivity, you know, so that you can see how all these are building blocks. The four characteristics of the feminine genius are building blocks, but that we're sensitive to the person and we're sensitive to situations, you know, and I think also with women, if we're um, sensitive to the person and sensitive to situations, then we know that an action needs to take place. Like something needs to be done. And um, we want to bring forth life in some way, shape or form in this situation. You know, we want to bring something out of life into whatever happens. You know, like I'm trying to think like um, like different examples. But one I love, you know, like a perfect example is, you know, a doctor of the Catholic Church of St. Catherine of Siena. Like she was sensitive to the situation that the church was in. And her action was to go tell the Pope that he needed to basically get back to Rome, you know, like that he had left Rome and Vatican. But she did it. And this is the this is one of the main things about that. She didn't do it as a power trip. You know, like I'm going to tell you what you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. She Mm -hmm. did it to bring life to the fullness of the church, you know, and she did it because she was in tune with the spirit and knew the direction the church needed to go in and where the church would flow most life-giving, you know, would be back into Rome, you know, um, but she could read the signs of the times and know the direction that it was supposed to go in. So, um, yeah, Heather, what are your thoughts? Oh, I have so many thoughts. <clears throat> Actually, it's just whirling around. Yeah, I think, um, you can tell she's had her coffee now. Yeah, I know I, she's, I, I, yeah I, she, she's on the ball now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you guys are funny. Um, I think that one of the one of the great things about being sensitive is being able to anticipate needs of yeah. another. And we live in a culture that is very self-centered, you know, where you think about yourself first. It's about you. You're aware of what's going on in you. It's your truth. It's you. How You know, all, all of these responses to yourself and your own need. Whereas, you know, and that dulls, I think, our sensitivity for sure to other people. You know, it it takes space away from looking at the other and being sensitive to their needs, which allows us to anticipate needs before they're even spoken. And that's one of the beautiful things that as our hearts become more sensitive, we can actually anticipate other people's needs. They don't even have to ask. We're already Mm -hmm. thinking of how can I love you? How can I listen to you? How can I serve you? How can I be with you? Just be present to you. Um, and the sensitivity towards another, a look in their eye, you know, noticing, just noticing them, noticing the little nuances of what's happening and not being like, oh, my gosh, I'm too busy for this. I have so many other things to do. I don't have time for this. Um, but to be able to quiet our hearts. And and that is where I think we are led by the spirit. When we have a place always within us, no matter what is going on, no matter how much we have on our plate. But there's this quiet place that remains for the Holy Spirit to speak that we're attentive to that place, that we always have a part of our ear listening to the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about sensitivity to others, it doesn't mean we neglect ourselves completely. I don't want to give that impression either, because it is important that we you know, have self-care. And, and I think women can go the opposite extreme where they are giving because they're so sensitive to the needs that they totally lose themselves in the process. So, of course, there is a balance there. I don't want to focus on that too much. Um, but... Yeah, our sensitivity should lead us to action of some sort. 
because I know for me, sometimes it can cripple me into zero action because I'm like, it's too big. It's too big. I feel too much for the world. You know, like I, I really do. I feel very deeply. And sometimes what's happening in the world can just be overwhelming to me. And then I don't know what to do. So I do nothing, you know? So I think just being able to to have our sensitivity remain, to not dull it or numb it out, which is also easy to do because we can get very disheartened. But to have that special place where we're listening to the Holy Spirit, where hope resides and where the power of the Spirit is able to um, become embodied in what we do in our actions towards others. I think that's, and that that really does make the world more human. And as you're speaking, I see, I can hear, I mean, don't we all want to be taken care of like that? <laughs> of someone that knows us. And I mean, it's really a, a reflection of, of the intent, the incredible attentiveness of God toward us. And I was really struck by, uh, I think Michelle sent a, one of the quotes from Mulieris Dignitatum, which is St. John Paul II's uh, letter on the, on the dignity and vocation of women. And I found this fascinating. And this is St. John Paul II. He says this, he says, from the beginning of Christ's mission, women show to him and to his mystery, a special sensitivity, which is characteristic of their femininity. It must also be said that this is especially confirmed in the Paschal Mystery, not only at the cross, but also at the dawn of resurrection. The Gospel of John emphasizes the special role of Mary Magdalene. Hence, she came to be called the Apostle to the Apostles. <laughs> and I, I, you see that. I just love the women's sensitivity to Christ, that when Christ comes to encounter the women, that they're open to him. And he you know, is calling them out of some serious sin, a lot of them. These are not easy issues. Everything from, we've talked about, you know, little girl arise, to the woman with the hemorrhage, to the woman caught in adultery, to the woman who's had five husbands, and now she's living with somebody who's not, she's not married to. There's a special area of women of the sensitivity to his divinity, to his care for them that leads to deep conversion. And it's no coincidence that the churches are often more populated with women than men. I remember living in Italy. Many of the church was full of the old ladies and all the men were in the piazza smoking. So <laughs> it's pretty, like, a pretty typical thing. I'm like, hey. So, But when we think about the sensitivity to Christ, especially, Michelle, what kind of comes to your heart as you consider that, that quote that St. John Paul II gives us? Yeah, when I think about the, you know, being sensitive to Christ, like, you know, Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene first. And I love that whole discourse, you know, where um, she thinks that he's the gardener, you know, like, um, and she's like, where have you taken him? And he just simply says her name, Mary, you know, and once again, I mean, if I say it once, I say it a thousand times, the personal Jesus is the best Jesus, you know, like how he calls our name, how he meets us where we're at. And I mean, I think the whole story of Mary Magdalene and Jesus is that he meets us where we're at. He calls us by name, makes it personal. And then that personal relationship and being sensitive to the spirit um, calls forth a response. You know, um, love always calls for a response and for, for action. And as we're just talking, being sensitive to the spirit, you know, like, all right. Um, I think for all three of us, the one thing that we do have in common is we're all deep feelers. And when we mm-hmm. see a situation, um, especially that's going on in the world, we feel it and experience it, you know, whether it be, um, you know, usually like with children or abuse or sex trafficking or just the hearts of women that are breaking that we encounter when we're speaking or stuff like that. Um, it all breaks our hearts, you know, and, um, 
But just don't stopping there. Yes, we want to feel it and allow it to break our heart, but then to take action and not action to do something more on our to-do list, but action. Say, Lord, where can I join you in your redemptive work of the world? Where can I join you in the restoration of the world? Like if you want to get me on a soapbox, you know, <laughs> you go girl. Like, I will get on the soapbox. You get on that soapbox. But for me, you know, and I don't want to get political, but for me, like with, you know, the latest refugee bans and you had people coming from both sides, you know, and I, I understand the situation. But for someone that has been um, championing organizations for the last couple of years that do refugee thing, I'm like, where have you guys been? Like now you're on the soapbox. Like if this really stirs your heart and you're really upset about it, then do something. Like if the Lord is, you know, support one of these organizations that are in the field, do something, invest in these countries, you know, do, you know, like move, just don't use your words, use your action. If the spirit is making this a sensitive, hot topic for you, then you need to take an action for this, you know? And I think oftentimes, um, like with a sensitive to the spirits and if God puts something that's stirring in your heart, there is a responsibility with the sensitivity. There is a responsibility to move. There's a responsibility to love. There's a responsibility to call forth life in that situation and um, response. And so, yes, off soapbox. And so uh, <laughs> that's a great soapbox, but it's true. And don't we feel, and I think you both said it, we feel a lot of times we feel, uh, we see the needs we, as women, we're very sensitive to what the needs are. And then many times, maybe it seems like in our own situations, we have needs that are very, very immediate and it feels overwhelming. I, I think the, the fear can be paralyzing at times. And so, you know, if we can't do it all, we don't do anything. And what would you say kind of as Heather, as our area of sensitivity of like taking the next right step, what do you think women, what, how can we help women just in our day-to-day life of kind of developing this area of sensitivity and then the responsibility to do something? Do you have some practical ideas that we could kind of impart to our listeners? Yeah, I think first of all is recognizing that, that God can be behind the sensitivity that sometimes we're not even aware of where God is in the whole thing. We just feel things. We don't feel things. We kind of bop through our day and we're not really attentive to the Holy Spirit. And I think that's something that we learn. You know, we learn as we enter into relationship with God, we learn his voice. We learn how he speaks, how he moves and our attentiveness to that voice of God and, and the, the burdens that he places on our hearts is really, really important. And that doesn't just happen instantly. We actually have to pause. We have to be attentive. We have to pray, you know, in our day. We have to, as Michelle said, it's about relationship and intimacy um, that that things are born from that. So I think, yeah, the first practical level, I would say we need to learn the voice of God and be attentive to the movements of the Holy Spirit to be able to recognize when the Holy Spirit is stirring something. That's absolutely key. And and then I think, you know, it's really important. Like we both said, you know, it's it's not another to-do list. And I think sometimes that's why we want to dull our sensitivities. We're like, I don't I don't want to get into this. I don't want to ask that person how they're doing because I know they're not doing well. And I, I have to be at the store in 20 minutes and then I have to be with the kid <laughs> in 45 yeah. minutes and I don't have time to listen to the story, you know. And, and sometimes we don't, you know, it's not like every single time we need to, every time we notice something, we need to do something. That's not it because we also need to be listening to the Holy Spirit there. Is this somewhere that you want me to respond or is there somebody else that's supposed to respond to this? Um, but I think, 
we can't dull the sensitivities, you know, we can't, I, for a little while, I, I was becoming so overwhelmed with certain things happening in the world that I was like, I just need to block this out. This is just, you know, too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's me trying to do it on my own. Right. And that's always my default. And that's where I have to go. It's not about me responding, me mustering up my strength, my resources. It's about me being open to to what God wants to give me to respond to the world. You know, the things that maybe creatively, like outside the box, like we can't just think about, okay, yeah, we give money or we serve or we become a missionary or, you know, some of the obvious ones, but maybe it's totally outside the box. How our unique gifts are supposed to respond to the needs of the world in a way that nobody else can. Um, So I think part of it is just resting in the trust of the capacity of God to fill the needs um, for us to respond to. It's it's him. He's the source of it. So it's not us trying to muster up more. Those are some of my initial thoughts on that. Michelle, how about you? Um, yeah, I, th- I think you just hit it all on the head, you know, just to see, knowing that it comes from the spirit, that he has ordained these sensitivities, that he's initiated these sensitivities, and that he just really wants us um and he also has a plan how to respond to these sensitivities. Like, it's not like, hey, I put this on your heart. You figure it out. You know, like, it's all about you. And once again, um, he's it's an opportunity to join hands, an invitation to co-create with him, you know, to bring forth life, to be in the story of redemption, and restoration, um, to join him on mission and be a part of that story. And um See where it stirs, you know, but I think we often forget, like we see our faith and we see our sensitivity as a burden when really it's a blessing and an invitation to adventure. You know, oh, that's great. Can you say that again? Uh, that is just awesome. Can you say that if you remember? <laughs> Can you say that again? <laughs> yeah. that's just Ooh, beautiful. Hold on. <laughs> Short term memory. Um, but more coffee needed. More coffee. But I think um, we see our sensitivity as a burden. Instead of a blessing that it can be, you know, um, that it's actually an invitation to adventure with the Holy Spirit, you know, and that is the beauty of our sensitivity, you know, um, like there is, you know, Augustine says it, and I'm going to totally butcher this quote, but, you know, there is no greater romance than the romance with the Lord, but there's no greater adventure than the life of the Holy Spirit. And it is not drudgery. It is just downright beautiful and fun, you know? And I think that I love Pope Francis. Um, you know, John Paul II was such a philosopher, you know, and a very well studied and a thinker and a beautiful. And I mean, really, the man had it all going on, like fullness of a human person. He was great. Where I think Pope Francis is, you know, just because he is from Argentina and um, he's spicier, which my personality. <laughs> there you go. You like some spice. Yeah, I just love, you know, um, he doesn't always think through what he says and things like that, which I can totally relate that part with. And so, but he's also um, just, I love a couple of his statements, but about two or three weeks ago, he put out a statement on a letter about um, women in one of his addresses. And he said, a woman is harmony, is poetry, is beauty. And I just love that because I think we do bring harmony Like we do bring like there's a piece that comes with harmony, but there's like a beautiful melody, you know, that gets us moving that comes with harmony and poetry. I just 
get the biggest kick out of poetry because um, that is just so life giving and it stirs the soul. You know, good poetry stirs the soul and the heart, and we are just beauty. You know, when we live in that sensitive to the Holy Spirit, there is a beauty that gives um, a foreshadowing of God's glory and His internal picture of what He wants. And so, so I'm totally great to be harmony and beauty and poetry. I mean, I'm going to start calling people, girl, you're poetry right there. The way you're living your life, you are poetry. So what about you, sister? I, oh, amen. I, gosh, I just love listening to you guys. I, it's just, I always learn so much and I, I'm so edified by it. And it's true. Our gift of sensitivity is a great gift to bring restoration and redemption and adventure. And God continually gives us the discernment and the intellect to discern, you know, what we need to do. And he heals our emotions and he heals, but it's a great gift. And like, yes, many times it's kind of demoted to a second class uh, reality, especially our intuition as well. But it's truly a great gift that makes the world more human. And I love one of my favorite saints is actually one of our one of the saints, actually the first member of our generation, Generation X, to be beatified is um, Blessed Chiara Lute Badano a young girl who was as a teenager diagnosed with cancer and ended up giving everything to God. And she was somebody who was so people would come to comfort her because she's terminally ill and she would comfort them. And, you know, even one of the Cardinals from the Vatican came to visit her and they, he said to her, what is this light that just illuminates from you? It just radiates from you. And he came to comfort her and she just looked at him and she said, I just try to love Jesus as much as I can. And she was buried in a wedding gown because she was going to see her bridegroom face to face. And somebody just was so sensitive to the needs of the other, bringing them the truth, the good news that this is not the end of the story, that there is poetry and adventure and romance and beauty, and it's found in in all the goodness of God. So I, yeah, amen. It's a glorious thing. It's a, it is a true privilege to be a woman. God gives us a great revelation in, in who he, and who he is, as being made an image and likeness of God as a woman. So, But ladies, it's time to talk about our one thing. We had a rousing uh, talk about the one thing last week. So our one thing for the week, which is stirring us or really moving us to poetry or beauty or loveliness or just plain awesome. So Heather Kim, what is your one thing this week? Uh, there's this album that's been out for a little while by All Sons and Daughters called Poets and Saints and Uh it's really beautiful it took to be honest it took a little bit for it to grow on me um, just musically some of it but as I listened to it I it, it started growing on me but more importantly on the deluxe version of this album called Poets and Saints by All Sons and Daughters, they have these little videos where they've gone to different sites, like um, to Lisieux, where St. Therese is from. They talk about St. Therese, and they wrote a song based on her spirituality. Um, St. Francis of Assisi, they go to Assisi, they talk about him, and there's a song that they wrote about him, and St. Augustine, and there's all these, C.S. Lewis, blah, 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 all, this, all these things. And I was so moved by their reflections, by just how they are so genuinely seeking the heart of God, and 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 looking at models of holiness and i always love when there's the crossover you know where people aren't um held back by the boundaries of like oh well that's not my church or that's not my my people you know so it's just people wholeheartedly seeking god and falling in love with jesus and so it's it's an album worth looking at and give it a little time to grow on you and there's some beautiful songs on there but i recommend the deluxe version so you can see the little videos because they're really wonderful Mm, sounds good what about you michelle um, for me, um, a couple of weeks back was the International Day of Women, and 
I had a blast on that day, just seeing different women champion other women. Um, I loved it. The ones that the ones of the women that were really calling forth life and calling for gratitude of the beauty of being a woman is the ones that I really um, just were excited. But, you know, I'm a big fan of grassroots. I love grassroots organizations. I love like things that sprout up because you had a sensitivity to the spirit. And you just went for it and just stepped out in faith to do one. So one launched about uh, two weeks ago, and it's called The Catholic Woman. And it is this girl, Corinne. I I hope I'm saying her name right. Um, Anyway, she um, came into the Catholic Church, and she did not – she noticed what we were talking about, like the stereotypical Catholic woman. So she wanted to start a letter-writing almost like campaign blog, but for different Catholic women to write letters about what it means to be a Catholic woman and their unique individual um, identity. And I just, one, you know, because I'm such a person of words, I just absolutely love that. And two, that it's not a one size fits all. And aesthetically, the blog is beautiful. And But to hear their different letters. And so um, I just want to read one of the letters that Carolyn wrote which I love because it was, you know, I'm a creative and an artist, so I just love this. Um, But it says, my sisters in Christ, you're more than the world says makes a successful woman. You're more than your success, more than your looks. You're more than just a number. You have a unique role in our faith, your feminine genius, your talents. And yes, even your faults are precious part of the living body of Christ church. The day I laid eyes upon Pope St. John Paul II's letter to artists, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Catholic Church needed me. It needed me more than I realized. That blew me away because previously I did not feel there was a place in the church for a modern woman with a paintbrush in her hand. Mm. Love that line. Woo. Anyway, but here I am and here you are. The church needs you, sister, more than you know. You belong here in Christ, Carolyn. And so, God, I love that. Oh my God. Isn't it? So check them out. Like, and I can't wait to see the letters. Say it again. What is it, Michelle? Say it again. The the Catholic woman is the name of the blog. And then they're on Instagram too. I'll put the link in the podcast notes. And so, but I just love it. And different women writing different letters, just speaking out who they are and what the church means to them and their feminine genius. Well done, ladies. Well done. And so, um, you know, a big fan. So what about you, sister? Very cool. I think, well, speaking of grassroots, I really think spring is my one thing <laughs> right now. I'm visiting a part of the country where spring is just emerging. And I went for a five mile walk yesterday and I could smell, you could just smell the flowers and you could just, you could smell spring coming. And I absolutely loved it. I was just, I felt like a little kid again, just going out for a walk and just enjoying the sunshine and seeing the things grow. There's something about this time of year that I absolutely love. And so, yeah, springtime and long walks in the spring are some of my favorites things. So, well, thank you, our dear listeners for joining us on this journey, especially this particular episode about the sensitivity of the feminine genius. Please join us next week. We will go into part three of the characteristics of the feminine genius. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe to us at abidingtogetherpodcast.com and please uh, give us a rating and a review. Help us get this message out to as many people as possible. Every time you do that, it helps iTunes kind of reformulate what, what podcast they're promoting. So it really helps us a lot. And again, until we we see you next week. We hope that uh, you have a wonderful week and come again, abiding together. Bye-bye. God bless you.